to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Spoiler alert! Season 13 is actually finally over. But we've got a lot to discuss as the Drag Race season 13 finale was a jam-packed evening of varying emotions. Some people were happy, some people were pissed, but no matter what, it got us talking. And joining me on this finale special are pop superstars Ariana Grande and Britney Spears! Woo! <laughs> I, I mean, Adriana Trenta and Chola Spears. Yeah. <laughs> Did you plan having Chola on knowing that there was going to be a top uh, four to Britney Spears? No, I did not. We, we no. This was planned a couple weeks ago. I had it was planned writing. quite a while ago. And when it happened, I was like, I'm so glad I'm going on Block Talk. <laughs> yes! yes this like, is all perfect. Because like I was just like, oh, there's there's no way this wasn't planned. There's it no- was destiny, boo. It was yes, destiny. destiny. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much to talk about for season 13, but we have some drag news of the week to discuss. Mm -hmm. Aren't you glad we got a teaser of All-Star 6? While no dates are confirmed, the finale showed us a teaser to All-Star 6, which will still officially be on Paramount+. And again, I have Paramount+. Plus for I've had it for ages because I'm a Big Brother fan. I watch live feeds. So for all those twinks, if you need the login, you know where to find Daddy. (laughs) Where, what did you think about this little? What did you think about this little uh, teaser we got for All Star Six? It was actually, it was everything I expected out of the show. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no date, nothing. They, they're just, they're, they're teasing us. You're talking um, about, you're talking about when RuPaul's in like orange and she's like, yes. it's coming. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that I was barely a teaser. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was certainly something. Um, now I do know for a fact that they have fil- uh, shot their promos. They have this promo shoot has been done. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's an orange? Is that the theme? I don't know if it is or isn't. I'm happy they're they're at least having a promo shoot, unlike right. Australia. Um, <laughs> their <laughs> entrance look is their promo shoot. I was I was gagged by that. They didn't know about that. They That's did- crazy. Yeah, uh, my friend is JoJo, and um, oh, we love JoJo. So I'm rooting for them, um, but I'm I'm happy to hear that they at least got a promo shoot. Mm-hmm. If orange, that'd be a very interesting color to choose. Yeah, right. how is how how is someone who's always wearing purple gonna wear orange? <laughs> Maybe it's gonna be a Tina Burner thing, and it's gonna be yellow, <laughs> orange, and red, and everybody. Which, a, which apparently she's retired. Good. Oh, oh yeah, she's retired now. She's all monochromatic, and she's all about the red. That's true. That is true. But we have more drag news to talk about. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The cast of Drag Race España has been revealed. What did you think about them? And who who, who are you excited to see? Um, Sagittaria, mainly because yeah. I'm waiting for like the full Zodiac house to come out with uh, Raja being the mother of it. And then mm-hmm. having Silky Nemeg Ganache as the Capricorn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think Sagittaria is my early favorite right now. Mm -hmm. um, but we got some artistic looks out of the girls and then some really mm -hmm. basic looks, but some some cool looks. So correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the queen that was on the, the one of the first makeover queens that did like the boys do it too with like the makeup and like the one that everyone memed the shit out of uh, that was like, a, was she from Spain or was she from uh, I'm Latin not sure. I'm not you sure. I'm talking about the one where everyone was like, it was the zoom in on the makeup and like she was doing all these yeah. techniques. It was like the turquoise eye. Yeah. Uh, um, and she had like the really like low hanging brow bone and the, and the nose. <laughs> and like she I'm not sure. Really following, but I was just like, I was expecting her to be on it. Yeah, I don't know. We got our 10. Um, I'll be doing a preview podcast eventually when I have a little more information when this season's going to start. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to be on that one, let me know. I'm, I'm hoping it? to get some um, Spanish speakers on the recaps because my Spanish is terrible. Um, so if you're listening, there a, come on. Was there a video that came with Drag Race España or no. just the photos? Okay, just so photos. I, saw, I saw the photos that you posted on your story and they mm -hmm. all look beautiful, honestly. Yeah. Like, just from staring at them, I'm pretty sure I tooted like most of them. Yeah, there, there were two that I was like, oh, that's a little basic, but yeah, yeah they, they seem fun. Um, yeah, it's, it just seems compared to Down Under and um, España, two varying different styles of drag. And that's kind of exciting. That's exciting. It's super exciting. And honestly, like Drag Race uh, season two, while it was going on with this Drag Race, it just proves that like Drag Race can give you different things at the same time. So I'm totally here for... Yeah you know, this one on this network, this one on the other network, like, let's watch it all, bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about season 13 because we have come to the end and a lot happened in that finale. Before revealing your official feelings, because I, I, I think we may have varying opinions here. <laughs> how, how, how was the finale for you in general? I feel like this was the best they could have done with what the pandemic sure did. sure um, there were parts of it that i really liked that i felt like could carry over into future seasons if reworked a little bit mm -hmm. um particularly i really liked the ball i really thought that it was yeah. a wonderful yeah. touch to have it mm -hmm. um and i think that like it was one of the better lip sync for the crowns that we've had in a minute interesting because it wasn't you know crazy wild reveals Yes, and, and I mean the reveals Those actual failed. drag. The reveals failed, but um, I think that <laughs> it, it it wasn't like season ten where everyone came out looking like a blob. Three people came out. Aquaria like <laughs> um, looking like a um, popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think that it was like like it's a very low bar to set, but it wasn't the worst lip sync for the crown that we've seen. Fair, fair. The things were terrible, but the but the the uh, premise as a whole. I'm sorry, my Facebook is off. Let me turn this off. <laughs> Chola, how did you feel? What, what what are your thoughts? Um, so I'm honestly I'm 50-50 just about everything. I think that there were some great lip syncs, and I think that there were some amazing outfits. But I think that because of COVID and because of I don't know, because of the way they set up the reunion, because of the way they set up the finale, it's just missing like parts of that drag race spirit. And I think even the even the lip syncs, uh, like the reveals and stuff, it's just missing that like 
I don't know if it's the audience reaction or if it's like absolutely. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about room. audience reaction, but <laughs> no, it was definitely lackluster. The reunion and the finale were needed to be combined, but they weren't because whatever decisions were made. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but we're 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 gonna go through it all, and we'll we'll go beat by beat because a, a lot happened, and did we started. Happen? We uh, did, a lot did happen because we started off with a bang um, and a huge surprise. A performance from RuPaul. <laughs> I was um, <laughs> bang. <laughs> she debuted her song "New Friends Silver, Old Friends Gold," which reminds me of that chat kid song "Make New Friends, Keep the Old One and Silver One is Gold." Um, oh, is that? Really, what that was? <laughs> uh, yeah, some reworking of it. I don't know, but that's a, a children's song I remember from my my childhood. Oh. Um, can we discuss Ru and the height of the dancers? Are they all short or is she just a giant, giant woman? Certainly there are dancers in LA that are six, four and above. I, you know, I think that it was just like, she wore, she wore her good platforms that day. I think, I think she she was like, I want, uh, it's my first time performing in a while. I want to show you that I have grown both uh, literally and metaphorically. Fair, fair, fair. Honestly, she is so freaking tall that, I think it just adds more to like her being like a giant Oscar trophy when these little Twinkie boys are running in and like giving you choreo. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, she gave us a quote unquote reveal. Uh, she dropped that little beige jacket ruffle thing and bam. Um, sure. Her Vanity looked- Fair outfit. Exactly. <laughs> and she's um, the crown now. She she sure is. I mean, I thought she looked great. Um, I mean, honestly, when was the last time we saw RuPaul as RuPaul perform the Christmas special yeah with the um stunts yeah I remember that that was wonderful um but you know what? like yes it, it you understand what you get it, seeing her on stage is a kind of important to remind the audience that this is where it all started she is a performer and she knows what she's doing so trust her opinions sometimes yeah right maybe yeah honestly yeah. for me as a Britney fan, it was giving me Vegas residency Absolutely. all over. Now, would you go to a RuPaul Vegas residency? Just RuPaul? Yeah, just RuPaul. Yeah, of course. Especially if, if she's going to do that for, you know, an hour. I'd and I'm sure, I'm sure Michelle Visage will be there and perform a song or two. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a, a water break for RuPaul mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the performance was serviceable. It was fine. It was good. It was cool to see. But I do want to make mention of a post I saw um, on Facebook from a dear pal, Preston Burford. Um, He noted that he doesn't understand how production was able to hire a bunch of shirtless backup dancers, and yet they couldn't fly out the nine queens to be present for the finale. Why do you think that was, and was COVID a good enough excuse? I just think they don't like Tamisha anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, she burnt that bridge on her own. Absolutely. I felt like I felt ah. like the reunion and the way the reunion was this like positive spin production thing. I think that was just like, okay, we're not necessarily going to get the the wrap up we kind of always get with the season where right. girls they hash out stuff, they work, you know, they work through things, they like put things on the table and I think that without doing that from the reunion, there's no way you're going to have a finale where everybody's, you know, happy-go-lucky yeah it just it, it felt cheap that they weren't there mm-hmm. yeah it felt like it was well 
What's weird is that the reunion felt like it was only about the girls that were eliminated and the finale felt like it was only about the top four. Right, which and, is why early, like I said, they should be combined because it yeah. was two different shows. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think also they realized that like when you put the rest of the girls against the top four, like none of the other girls had any storylines to resolve. Like no one had anything to talk about really. Mm-hmm. Fair. That's fair. Had all the music videos. I mean, right. <laughs> but you know, um, but Tina Burner could have talked about like her choices for the yellow, orange, red. She could have talked about how she felt afterwards. Tamisha and Candy could have had a doubt or something like that. I mean, that's the thing. Um, we didn't, we never got that. That was the thing all the fans wanted. And we were never going to get resolution. The only possibility we were going to get resolution on that is if they potentially win that um, MTV movie and TV award for best uh, fight. Mm hmm. Because they're nominated and you can still vote. Um, though, you should also vote for um, Jackie versus Teresa on Real Housewives of New Jersey. That fight was good. <laughs> that was a good one. But yeah, I, we're never going to get a real resolution because Tamisha hates the bitch. I just, it's, it... Tamisha, I just don't think was really like ready for Drag Race as far it's as... It's crazy because she was supposed to be on the season earlier. Yeah, like like I feel like she was her drag was ready for the show, but I just feel like she wasn't ready for the inner workings of a television show. Right. She is a, she's a pageant queen. Yeah. Ready for a pageant, not for reality television. Exactly. So like, like Candy was literally like, I haven't talked to her ever since. And like, she's fine. I don't care. But like, Tamisha was, we still see her Instagram lives talking about the show. When my NDA is up, spoiler, it's not, it will never be up. (laughs) It'll, it'll be up eventually. I mean, I I had um, I did a, a block talk live at Stonewall when um, Miss Honey Davenport's NDA was officially over. So that was a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Was what episode is that? I what never released it. I was like, you know what? People who were there got the inside scoop. It was a fun one. Oh, mm-hmm. no. All right. So the runway ball. We got we got a ball. As we mentioned, we kind of like this this idea. It was a fun thing. Um, but before we dive into the runways, we must discuss the drag driving audience shots. This was clearly filmed with a paid audience reacting to literally nothing. Like, Not the boss it could have been, drive. right, it could have been the Voss people saying after from one of the shows that they went to. But no matter what, good on them for playing along, but that was cringy as all hell. Like, literally, they probably filmed this in March. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I literally, I told somebody while we were watching it, I was like, these people could probably be watching Finding Nemo, and they're laughing at Finding Nemo, and they just filmed it. They green screened on RuPaul's face. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just like when RuPaul thought we was talking to the girls, but that was edited in after the reunion. Yeah, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. It's really weird that um, that's what, like, Jada's big, like, thing that she got to do with the show, what, like... Right. It's so sad that, like, Jada... Like, we really need more time for the season 12 girls to, like, shine. Because, like, Jada really got nothing. All, all of them? All of them? I mean, like, I would I would say that I... I could I could do with a season 12 tour. I could do okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jada but- could have even hosted parts of the reunion... Because yeah, sure. the reunion wasn't that personal anyways. So she yeah. could have totally been part of both of these because I, w- I didn't care 
too much for Jada's interaction with the finale, but she looked gorgeous. She was in great spirit and, you know, it just yeah. wasn't really her fault. RuPaul doesn't care about the girls. We'll just give it to someone else who, who might care as much. It's true. Well, we got a ball, Hanny, and if you were wondering where the top four stimulus checks went, it probably went to these looks, um, or at least <laughs> yeah. one of their looks, let's be real. Um, they looked expensive, and we're going to start off with category one. Category is black and white, and in honor of the runway, we are going to play black and white or whack and white. Wait, what? You're welcome. Black and white and, and whack and white. Black and white or whack and white. Well, I'm so, okay. black and white, so I'm... <laughs> <laughs> This is a fun podcast, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> let's start off with Got Mick, Look by Marco Marco, Puzzle Box by Jacob Mulhausen, Nails by Custom uh, Queen Custom Claws. She's raising hell. Um, I love the inspiration for the look. I love how fashionable it is. My biggest critique is it's more nude than white compared to the other three. That being said, we all wondered why Mick was bald, and this is why Mick was bald. She went for it. I was fully expecting her to, because I knew about the Britney lip syncs beforehand. Correct. I was thinking they were going, she was like, she did not shave her head in the middle of a lip sync. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, no, that would have been. This is the only way that it could top that, honestly. I Absolutely. Did, this was one of my favorite looks of the night. Also, I re, like, Gottmik is a very short person. Mm-hmm. And I loved that she had on, like, external body and like curves and swerves on the actual garment itself and yeah. like she was giving you like a little bit more of a different silhouette because normally we're used to like a little bit more of like a of a column-esque sort of silhouette with like a lot of shenanigans going on on it sure um, but mm-hmm. i was re- i was really li- living for this this is one of my favorites yeah i loved it too i don't think it was one of my favorites i think it was super chic and i think it was in like an awesome hellraiser tribute but i don't know there was just something about it i i wasn't crazy about i think latex is really really difficult to work with um especially with black because it, you see every fucking wrinkle and the bottom with the mermaid tail like flare out there was a little wrinkly that being said i really just appreciate mixed interpretation of drag and she really showcased it here so i'm going to give it a black and right i thought it was great Oh, we're doing the black and right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was black and right for me. <laughs> it was black and right for me too. You know. And and the audience agreed. 99% black and right, 1% whack and white. Work. So. Whack and white. Wow. Say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Um, next up, Candy Muse. No designers listed. Um, for me, this is my favorite look from Candy. Uh, the gown is stunning and classic, yet had a flair of sex appeal. It's got this whimsical vintage vibe and showcases off a strong style. I think the hair is brilliant. Um, that curl matched the shoulder curl. The BLM is present, but it's not prevalent. If she didn't say it, I would not have caught it. I agree with you because my sound cut off and I didn't catch it until you said it. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't know that it said it at first. Yeah, so that's what those that swirly um, lettering on the dress was. It said BLM. Oh, oh. I didn't see that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because the, like my sound cut off for like the, like the first like portion of this category and I was like, oh, okay, great. This is, you know, mm, uh, Corella DeVille's cousin from the Bronx. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it was... I, I would say this was the safest yes, yes. that we saw tonight. It wasn't bad, but it was the safest. 
Yeah. So what would you think? I thought Candy looked awesome. I think that with Candy season, there are outfits that were just kind of like, let's be terrible. honest, they were they were terrible. And then there were like her entrance look, her look with the hat, like flawless, elevated Candy Muse. And I think that she turned the corner and it was like, okay, we're getting elevated Candy Muse. And she looked amazing. Yeah. I'll give it a black and right. Yes. Black and Bronx and right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the audience was 82% black and right, 18% whack and white. Next, we got Rosé, Look by Mondo Guerra. This is incredible. This was my first of many audible gasps of the night. Um, the My Fair Lady reference point was very smart and true to Rosé, but again, put a touch of camp and whimsy on it. Um, the umbrella was cute. Played with the fun interpretation of proportions. Adriana Trent is disagreeing with me on all of this. Is that um, a disagreement face? Is that what that I is? I think so. Um, I think the fit was spot on. Um, it showed her body, hugged her just right. I think it was a bold statement, and I think she pulled it off well. Who wants to talk first, Adriana Trenta? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, it was a lovely gown. It was a, a wonderful reference. I got the reference. Um that being said, this is where your mind went when you heard black and white. Um, I thought that the material was a beautiful material choice mm-hmm. and it blended really well together and it worked really well, especially in that sort of checkered black and white pattern. Really loved the bows and it, it was really well constructed. Um, Katya said it best in the pit stop, the makeup was not great. <laughs> and um, I just, <sighs> I looked at it and I just went, eh. I guess. Okay, that's like, fair. That's like, fair. It looks like Sugar Cane's face keeny done slightly different. Okay. And not as not as wowing. I just yeah. I don't, I don't there was know. something there was something about it that wasn't like that wowness, but you could tell that it was a gorgeous dress that it had all these amazing things on it. And I will say this: like Jan and Rose, I know the kind of girls that they are in the city. And some of the things that they wear during the season, they would never wear at any of their shows and stuff sure. like that. So I, at first I was like, okay, these are like fucking posers because they would never book a girl who's wearing what they're wearing on Drag Race. But at the same time, they really brought their all and they really showed different. So I got over that and I'm like, you know what? I'm glad that they went on and pushed themselves. Um, but it was just missing some kind of like wow factor to it. Maybe it, she kind of looks like she was like, it was like swimming in it is that what you call it yeah uh-huh. a little bit well it, really also also another thing that really kind of made me feel a little weird was the, it was so, it, the um the neck face hole thing that the sock that her head was in it made mm-hmm. her very it made her face look really round and because rose has such a squared off face um mm-hmm. it it's like it's like fitting like the the cube into like the star shape as a cube, <laughs> right? yeah and like okay and and like it's not a bad garment like mono did a wonderful job on it and it's not like and it's just when you swing for like the bleachers and like the and and, like try and get a home run every single time sometimes you get only a triple and it's only a triple for me that's fair i mean i i think because i did see today a side by side of this and of the audrey hepburn gown and it's basically an inverse of it even where the colors are placed and i think it was a cool interpretation but 
and it's it's just not for everyone. And that's why we love drag so much. I'm still going to give it a black and white. Okay, Chola, where are you going? I'm going to give it a black and white. All right, audience was 87% black and white, 13% black and white. Yeah, 13%. That's fair. That sounds about right. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the wow moment. Uh, Simone, dressed by Marco Marco, hair by Gigi Good. Literally, what the fuck? This was incredible. Um, Simone said, I'm serving you the black experience, but make a supermodel <laughs> runway fashion couture. The bandanas, the giant hair. Like, this was her version of crashing the Bridgerton party. Um, I think the stoning was exceptional. The shine on the bandanas was just gorgeous. Like, this is easily the biggest thing we've seen Simone wear, and yet she looks comfortable in it. Um, could it get better? Just you wait. But, oh my God, <laughs> Simone, you, you knocked it out of the park. She looked so freaking good. She was, it was classy. It was urban. It was avant-garde. It was uh, contemporary, like complete, like POC vision of like, I don't even know what it was, but I want that fucking dress so bad. The minute I saw the Paisley bandana on it, I was like, Mm -hmm. please, please just three X. Is it in three X somewhere (laughs) in a warehouse? I need it. This was the Ebony Enchantress that I wanted to see. Absolutely. I feel like halfway through the season, Simone really, we saw her kind of crack and never really recover from it. And I feel like her drag kind of was wearing her at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like This was the same Simone from the trains runway. And this was the same Simone from the uh, Fascinating Fascinators look. Like this, Mm -hmm. like this, like everything that Chola just said, a hundred percent agree with. Like, there's nothing else I can add beyond the fact that it has redeemed white bandanas for me. Um, <laughs> for those that live in New York. Yeah, this, this this was this was wonderful. I will give it a black and right. Black and right. Audience, ninety six percent black and right, four percent black and white. Four percent. Yeah, there, there are some shocking results on, on some of these. I had people messaging me for a couple of looks and they're like, what? I was like, I'm not telling you who because you're friends with some of them and I'm not having <laughs> I'm yeah. not sometimes sometimes when i vote on your story and i see the percentage after i vote i will message you and be like who yeah. the fuck booted that yeah it happened a lot for this for this show well sometimes bullying is okay sometimes <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> all right category is red all over and in honor of this one we are going to play read it and weep or illiterate oh read i see what you did there i see yeah, what you did there I, I'm, I'm sometimes pretty funny but Got Mick, hair by Zach Killian, look by Marco Marco. Um, The inspiration and reference point was so smart. It's Keith Haring and Red because of AIDS. Just a brilliant work of art. Um, The Bowie jumpsuit silhouette was really fun. I think the stoning was sensational. Not the biggest fan of the hair because it looked very small compared to the rest of the look. Yeah, it's easy. It's safe, um, but it's not the centerpiece of the look, but it just felt a little slightly like an afterthought. That being said, doesn't really matter because the, the the garment itself was stunning yeah i agree i feel like even her afterthoughts are coming light years faster than yeah. first thoughts um i think that this actually what like like when i said the whole like oh rose this is the first thing they come you think of when you think of black and white that this is actually a very smart uh take on on red all yeah. and the silhouette was interesting it's definitely something that i haven't seen on got mick before Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that it was lovely. 
it was it wasn't the centerpiece of her package but it was definitely something that was her like any of not any most of these runways that we saw tonight honestly could have been the some of the best looks of the week if they were on a regular episode of drag absolutely Absolutely. i agree yes definitely i i saw that uh, jumpsuit is it a jumpsuit sure we'll we'll go with that so when got make turn the corner in that jumpsuit I honestly was like, how do you not like this? Like, it was giving me Bowie. It was giving me Janelle Monet. It was giving me Keith Haring. Yeah. Like, it was, was just fashion? fully... Th- huh? What was it fashion? <laughs> it was fashion. <laughs> yes. It was fashion, and I loved it. Yeah, it was It was really, really smart, really great. I'll give it a read, read it and weep. Um, I will read it, and I will weep about it. I will read it and weep. Audience, 94% read it and weep, 6% illiterate. <sighs> There's yes. a hater amongst you. I got school. a couple of haters because <laughs> this was the most, I think I had like over 200 votes in some of these. Yeah. Oh. This is when I get most of my interaction. I'm like, hey, friends, keep looking at my story. I'm a fun person sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but next up, Candy Muse. Uh, look by Casey Slater, hair by wigs by Atlas. So congratulations, Atlas, for making the drag race. Um, red leather smart pick for her I think it was cool way to wrap the start of the season to the end of the season it's definitely the least profound look of hers um, but it's the most genuine to candy mm-hmm. um, I think the boombox is a cool way again to tie it all together yeah her fashion has been elevated in this episode but I just don't see her at the same level as the other three this was definitely an elevated walk around look yeah this was definitely maybe a photo shoot like I saw inspiration from Ariana Grande from two looks, especially with the red leather. Um, mm-hmm. But I like, I actually really like this. I, I would wear this. I would, I'd be swimming in it, but um, <laughs> I, and I'd probably get some rock cups sewn into it. But um, <laughs> I love the headphone detailing. I actually didn't make that connection between the boom box and the headphones. Um, but I thought that it was a, a very fun take on red. And yeah. it, it stayed very true to Candy's aesthetic of like the sort of like glam fashion Nova sort of um, just like, like general Instagram pretty girl. Yeah. But it, I, th- I think it was perfectly great. It was such a Candy look. Like you could tell that she, it was her, that she was rocking it, that she was filling herself down the runway, but it just wasn't finale to me. But yeah. And that's, that, that was my issue is like, it was in this middle ground and that's where I feel that candy is, is she's a middle ground runway performer reality Mm -hmm. star, a plus one of the best reality stars we've seen on this show, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really difficult because we'll get to things that happen later. It's really difficult to have to say she came in second this season. Well, also I think another thing to consider is that she got cast in the middle of a pandemic right after losing all of her income because i don't think she had a day job right. and uh i believe you're correct because i know she worked at sephora for a while and then i believe she quit it either either way like yeah like there and there's also a whole a whole discrepancy that we can talk about about queens of color not getting booked as often as white queens sure um and not having the same connections um so i think that i think that candy also had a lot of like people that'd be like oh yeah i'd definitely help you out and then the pandemic happened and then it all went out the window. Right. Um, so I think she did the best with what she could do. Mm-hmm. 
I would love to see, I wish that she was cast on a season where everyone could get money from like their bookings and then like take all that money and apply towards yeah. the Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's really, it, it sucks because again, just looking at the names of the designers who the other three are working with and then she's, she's not working with bad people, but she's not working with people who have their own runway shows all the time. Yeah. Um, Chola, any other thoughts on this look from Candy? Um, I just want to know if she still wants it because yeah. if she doesn't, I can take totally it, yeah. take it off. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You look really hot in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, uh, that was like most of the things that Candy wore that were, you know, elevated. I was just like, I would love to see myself in this. So you wouldn't I mean, green suit with the fur. Oh, that would be the first one. <laughs> that would be the first thing I put on. You just I mean, out just <laughs> just the, the, the amount of times that Aria Derchi uh, introduced you as Candy Muse at Icon, I mean, it's fitting you should take her stuff. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait till she's on All Stars on take the rest of her stuff. Mm. Um, I'm gonna give this a read it and weep. And weep definitely, yeah. I'm gonna give this an illiterate. That's fair. And <laughs> and this one was fun. The audience was 50-50 split. Yeah, just because it's the finale. Yeah. If it wasn't the finale, I, it would probably be amazing to me. But yeah. All right. Rose. Suit gloves and headpiece by Casey Slater, hair by double D wigs. I'm not sure what this was and why it was part of the package, but it was fine. Girl. If it was a regular season challenge, it would have been great. Otherwise, this was the weakest of her three looks. This is the second look where she's allowing the headpiece to be the centerpiece of the look, and the hair really blends in with a singular strand falling on her face, but there's just nothing special about it. I know there are three looks to contend with, but the wow factor is just missing for me in the fin- for the finale. Yeah, it, it's the no... Yeah, uh, it was a no for me. It reminds me one time Patty LaBelle wore this uh, like trench coat and it had a tree on it. And that's all I could think about was that tree on Patty LaBelle's coat. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a no. I'm illiterate. I'm saying it now. In, yeah. in the words of Violet Trotsky, no, it got worse. Um, I really, I really dislike this. I really yeah. dislike this. It, this was this was the most contrived stretch of a concept that I've that I've seen in a minute on Drag Race. Um, I I what about red makes you think Groot? <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I like the execution of the outfit. I sure. like. I will never fault a designer making clothes for a queen because they're doing the best they can regardless. Yeah. No absolutely. That being said, um, I really don't like when like the hair does like that thing where like it's kind of like sculpted onto the face, kind of like hide other features. Like I get she was going for like twiggy and branchy and of the earth and like sort of like trying to be cool, but like when I think of Rose, I don't think of cool. Yeah, I mean, like this felt very much like Dolly on uh, Dragula um, from the Dragula Resurrection mm-hmm. when Dolly did like a from the earth tree thing. Yeah. This just didn't suit Rosé. Mm-hmm. And I know she's smarter than this, and I know she could have created something else with a designer. Because again, Casey Slater's brilliant. Casey does incredible stuff. So I'm not sure what the, the goal here was. Do you think she was kicking herself because she realized that she wore tartan twice in the season and couldn't wear it a third time? Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. That's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to give it illiterate. Not a fan. Love Rosé. Not a fan of this one. Sorry. Give that bitch some hooked on phonics. She's illiterate. Illiterate. Audience was 40% read it and we have 60% illiterate. Next, we got Simone, dressed by Michael Brambia, hair hands by Marco Monroe, hair by Gigi Good. The bitch has huge ass toenails. She walked out in the finale with giant ass toenails. Um, I'm disturbed, yet this is the campiest thing Simone has ever worn. The entire dress is made of nails. The hair is blonde with the bow created look to look like, you know, hair, hands with nails. Um, it's fun, it's whimsy, it's campy, it's stupid, and I live for it. Wow, Adriana is the queen of faces. You're not publishing the video, are you? Of this? No. <laughs> no. No, this is audio only. It. Oh, God. If I <laughs> ever have to see Simone in a two-piece-esque cocktail dress silhouette again, it'll be too soon. Absolutely, girl. the same silhouette in a different color and a different fabric and like at least five or six times on this season. And this has been a long season. Well, you know, I, Bianca wore the same silhouette many, many times. She still got crowned. Yeah, That's but true. Bianca had other redeemable talents. Um, Simone is wearing, uh, granted, loved the concept, loved it in a vacuum. I thought it was really clever with the, like, the, the, the best part of this was the wig having the hands hold in the position of the uh-huh. fat filter holding the braids. So funny. This, this, I have nothing nice to say about this dress, so I'm not going to say anything nice. Okay. Chola. Chola, how do you feel? I kind of feel the same about the dress. I feel like it's something that she got away with a lot. I feel that like as a skinny girl, she might look amazing in that dress all the time. And so, yes, she comes out and she looks amazing, but I think that that dress on other people might not be okay every single week or at least three weeks in a row or whatever she sure did. that that i'm here I, i'm here for that argument I'm, I'm i feel like that's definitely fair and yeah simone did get away with a lot of things and so did mick so there there are certain queens this season who got away with certain things and you know what sometimes when you are the skinny girl of the season it doesn't matter as long as you make it fashion you know yeah but the headpiece was oh, everything was so everything. cool I loved it. I'm because I just like the concept and how campy it was for her. I'll give it a read it and weep. I'm going to give it an illiterate just because I'm halfway through my drink and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not so nice as I was at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm giving it an illiterate. So anyway, um... <laughs> the audience, the audience was 89% read it and weep 11% illiterate. They loved it. They really did. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. All right, category, last one, grand finale, eleganza, extravaganza, and in honor, we are going to play Crown It or Frown It. Got Mick. Look by Diego Montoya. Hair by Christopher Mecca. Nails by Queen Custom Claws. Is this the greatest look in the history of the show? It's very possible. Very Um, possible. Remember Room on Drag Race Holland? This is her now. Um, remember that first look she did when she was trying to be the, the queen and yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Watched Drag Race Holland. Um, Drag Race Holland um, is the only one I haven't seen. Oh, you should. It's really good. That's the only um, season I haven't seen of Drag Race. But you need to see it. So in case there's a queen on International All Stars that you don't know, you gotta watch it. Work. I'm okay. saying, but um, also I'm gay, so I need to watch it. <laughs> it's true. Listen, the, the the construction of this gown is stunning. 
the gold with the blue velvet is so regal. Um, mm-hmm. The Swarovski crystal heart is beautiful. And the hair headpiece truly cap- helped to capture the classic Gottmik face. For the regality and fashionability of it, A plus for me. I really adored this. Absolutely. This is like, honestly, this is, yeah, it, I think this is the best look I've seen since Valachowski showing up to the season eight finale to say, Bob, you're ugly. Here's your crown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I truly have, like, it's, it's the most now come on now she's got a point she's an icon <laughs> she's a legend and she is the moment yeah. uh, although i will say i noticed you didn't uh credit that sketch that simone or not simone uh got like apparently uh lifted from that i did not did it, was, I, it was not on the instagrams when i was taking it so Ooh. tell the story what's the story so apparently um, this was based off of a sketch someone made uh, that like, was just like fashion, you know, yeah, Instagram sketch, whatever. And mm-hmm. the designer, not, not got Mick, the designer was like, I love this. I'm going to make this. Da, 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 da. And no one reached out to the artist about it. Now nope. they credited the, the artist saying like, oh, it is sketched by, you know, so-and-so, but According to the to the uh, artist, it was not used. Like they they were not they were not uh, reached out to. Ooh, okay. <sighs> we love some drama behind A plus looks. Honestly, it's so messy at this point in time. Like it's 2021. If you steal something or if somebody's doing something and you lift it, like girl, you need like you're gonna get caught. There's no, right. there's no going around it anymore. Like, right. This is an international platform. It's go, the person is going to find out. Absolutely. But that being said, that dress was a winner's dress. Yes. That got make looks like a winner of drag race. It looked like Miss Fame had like a mini me and came out like flawless. When drag queens are like in heaven and wearing like the outfit that's most associated with them and is iconic. It is yep. this. Yes, yeah, this this is the merch of Gottmik I would purchase. Mm-hmm. You would purchase this dress? Yeah, absolutely. I can fit in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Walking around with it. Yeah. I just need it on it. layaway. I need it on right. layaway for about three years so I can pay it off. But yeah, crown it for me. I love it. Crown it. I love it. Crown it. Audience was 100% crown it. There we go. All right, next up, Candy Muse. Look by Pieretta Victory, hair by Double D Wigs. Um, Candy wanted to go extraordinary, and she did. The color inspiration by the peacock really worked wonders for her. Um, Candy is no longer afraid to wear gowns, and I think that's a huge moment of growth for her, so congratulations on that. Um, I know there's a whole story behind the headdress um, uh, about it not getting to L.A. and Bob's assistant having to basically recreate it for Pieretta. Um, Kudos for making it work, because if you didn't tell us, we never would have known. Um, but yeah, you're 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 not going to see Candy do what the other three do. But she stepped it up, stepped it up, and you have to give her props for that. Absolutely. Sorry, uh, I think Candy looks beautiful. I think that uh, these finale categories. I think that even though you know Candy's not the best about fashion, I think she really turned it out, and she really like brought to the table what a finale what a final contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race should bring 
Um, and I understand not liking wearing big dresses. I hate wearing gowns. I hate wearing big dresses. There's just something about being like having your legs out and kicking and knowing that you can fucking like, you know, turn a number or something. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a different reason, but she looked beautiful. Uh, it was candy opulence and, um, it was, yeah, it was okay. I didn't like the colors, to be honest. There was like a turquoise and a emerald and like a peacock and it was just. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is bad luck to wear peacock feathers on stage. Um, but also the only, like I loved the garment. I thought it was beautiful. And I thought that she looked wonderful in it. Um, I don't know. I would have actually maybe preferred to have the peacock feathers open because if Candy Meese is as proud as a peacock, which she right. is seeing her on the show. <laughs> I, mean, I would have just loved to like have it either be like a headdress where like the feathers are all out or it's one of those big like fuck off like the gown pops up and then there's feathers everywhere yeah no, that would be cool. That'd be cool yeah i'm gonna crown it I, I for her crown it crowning it uh what's the opposite of crowning it frown it i think i'm gonna frown it that's fair just the it. audience was 59 percent crown it 41 percent frown it so i mean they're, they're... it came out right before that like how are exactly. we gonna Exactly. We're going to crown both of those. No. <laughs> All right. Next, we got Rosé. Look by Florence Salee, hair by Wigs and Grace. I think this was Rosé's submission to be in six on Broadway when it reopens. <laughs> um, the green is brilliant. Surprised that she didn't go for pink, but worked wonders for her. This was a wow moment. I thought it was really, really cool. I absolutely adored the hair. She looked like drag royalty. And again, if you're going to want to be crowned in something, this is what you want to be crowned in. Um, and I think it is a perfect homage to her journey. Adriana Chanta, you got thoughts. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of tired of queens doing like drag royalty as like their final runway. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like when I think of Rose, I don't think of Queen. Yeah, I, I think she should. Like this is the one time where she had to come out in pink. I agree. I agree. Like, if that was in pink, it would have been perfect. Yeah. If it, like like. I, I just, I, I literally, anyone could have worn that outfit. That's so true. Anyone could have worn that outfit and it would have, it would have looked marvelous on them and it would have looked great. But because Rosé has such like a, a track record of like, oh, I'm going to try for this concept. I'm going to try to be like this look and like try and like be like, so like out there with it. It really, it's not successful for me. I think all of her outfits, this finale seemed very like ambitious for Rosé. And I feel like, Mm. I feel like her Scottish dress from the week before uh, the reunion was a perfect finale dress. I feel like it kind of like, which one? With the ugly gloves? (laughs) Is that the the plaid one that didn't very well? Yes, that one. (laughs) But, you know, it was rosé, it was Scottish, it was a gown, it was elegance, and I felt like these were very much like rosé trying to think out of the box and kind of, you know, they were all really weird things we'd never seen rosé in, essentially. Yeah. The, the person that was doing that runway should mm-hmm. have this runway. The person that was doing this runway ball thing was the person that Jan was when she was like, oh, I'm going to give it to you with these concepts. Yes. Like, oh, you should do this. Like, yeah, I, it didn't feel authentic. Well, that's, that's what fair. I, I really struggled with, like, because I'm, I've seen those girls perform and, you know, since I've done drag for like four or five years. Yeah. And so those outfits to me were not those girls. 
And so I had to really like argue with myself and be like, you know, these girls are really trying to push themselves and be something different. So at the end of the day, I give them credit, but I do agree with, there's just something different about seeing those girls in ambitious, like avant-garde things. That's, that's totally fair. There's a difference between ambition and like, not staying true to yourself. Like, like Candy was ambitious with her beads runway, where she had mm-hmm. the massive hat, but she was still true to herself and her and her silhouette and how she her aesthetic was overall. Um, I think that it's almost like because of the fact that we're such a, on a, such a huge platform now with drag, that everyone's like, oh, they want to be like the runway queen of their season because they know that that with that comes like a little bit of notoriety and comes a little. Mm-hmm. Sort of um, recognition and respect and it's just and and you won't get eaten alive by the fandom um, when you don't spend three times your life savings on the show for maybe the chance to make it past episode three I don't know I just it's a weird moral dilemma and I don't think that that of the queens that we've seen from New York I don't think a lot of them have found a good happy medium to that sort of dynamic that we've seen so far all makes sense yeah sorry (laughs) i i am going to crown it i did enjoy it um but again i think i am slightly biased on it and i'll I'll admit it so crown it i'll crown it i'm gonna crown it i thought it was i thought it was beautiful even though anybody could have worn that in any color and it would have been wonderful it's still beautiful and whoever made it is freaking awesome lawrence (laughs) Wait, that was Florence? That was Florence. Eh, way to go, Florence. Yeah. That was cute. Audience was 82% crown it, 18% frown it. And finally, we have Simone. Custom armor by Michael Schmidt Studio. Dressed by Michael Hubert, Michelle Hubert. Hair by Gigi Good. This was a cool piece because the reference, it's part Joan of Arc, part Medusa, all fashion. The hair is super fun. The Greek goddess side look was very simple. Uh, Could have been just like regular muse from hercules but mm-hmm. the story here is the armor and it's just not a piece of armor it's adorned in bracelets and the gold is just right the glove full arm uh, i loved it i really think this was another wow moment from simone subtle but wow i wouldn't say subtle at all i feel like this is what all the girls who buy the diego or not diego um abraham levy corsets uh, that's, what they, that's what they think that they <laughs> when they wear their outfits. Um, <laughs> literally, this is this is a stellar ten out of ten. Like this is a, a honestly, I low key wish that Simone switched this look with the bandana look as her as her two looks, just because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just so like like it's great but when i know that you came out in that look before it goes from like an 11 to a 10 if that makes any sense that's that's fair that's fair yeah wait so you like the bandana dress more i like the bandana dress a lot more (gasps) oh see i love the bandana dress so much but this was just like it was serving me editorial it was giving me like everything from medusa to like elizabeth hurley to uh like Versace and whoever I don't even think Versace was the the designer of reference but it was ugh, it was just flawless I think got Mick and Simone this like whole runway just like they looked like winners mm-hmm. yeah I'm absolutely gonna crown it 
Crown it. Crown it. Audience, 97% crown it, 3% frown it. Oh, my God. What is there? 3% racist in the audience? Jesus Probably. Christ. <laughs> well, RuPaul comes back out in a really fun and whimsical stone-colored dress, but we have to call out those strappy heels poking out from the bottom of that dress. They are hideous, bitch. Um, I know you love to show your leg. Why are you, wear- why are you focusing on those tights? Like, whoever styled you is going to be fired from your team of 50. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go down to a team of 49. Unacceptable. Unacceptable, RuPaul. But Ru says that this show is dedicated to friendship. New friends, old friends, and the friends we've yet to meet. For me, um, because we like to go for a full circle, this was kind of hard to hear because this season was a journey for me. I started off with a best friend and we watched the show together and then I lost him and didn't want, he ghosted me and it was hard to be like, this is a show about friendship when, I, when I'm when i realizing what my friendship was like. So I, th- this episode hit me a little harder than I wanted to. I didn't want to have all the emotions, but the power of friendship is real. And I think that is a celebration that we all feel in nightlife and drag. So I understand it. We then get introduced to Miss Jade Essence Hall, who takes on the on the scene correspondent because Bubbly Bounce Sparkling Water is our sponsor. So take a drink every time they mention that throughout that episode, that show. Um, Jada gives some advice for the top four. It doesn't matter what happens. You are sickening. You are a winner. But make sure you get that crown and it ain't over until you lip sync from your living room. <laughs> Have you both lip synced from your living room? Actually, yes, I have lip synced in this room. I have. I'm looking around and I, and I spotted where I have. Yes, I have lip synced in my living room. I have oh, not lip synced in my living room before, but I have lip synced in my brother's garage. Okay, so I feel like close. it's an at home like, lip sync. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a it's like a bootleg version of a living room. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have these little mini interviews with Rue. And this time, actually, Rue is talking to the person as opposed to a video. Got Mika's first because we love alphabetical order. Um, Ruth says that she fell in love with her and how open she is. She didn't expect to enjoy her that much. She says that you see an audition reel and then you meet them in person. You're like, eh, who is she referring to? I want names. Who the hell is she referring to? You think she watches the tapes? <laughs> no, she I'm has to. She asked. has to. She, no, no, she admitted she does because of the Tina Burner, Jennifer Coolidge thing. Oh. So she has to have watched some of them, at least. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I want names. Um, Mick, uh, you know you got those names. Let's find out who it is. But God, Mick said she walked in thinking her makeup and fashion were her strengths, but she had fun in the school and it translated. So she took that, and that's what she has to do every week and just had to start trusting the process. Rue reminds her that she won the Snatch Game imitating Paris Hilton, and cue the video from Paris. <laughs> um, we get like a, the normal version of Paris uh, congratulating Got Mick and saying she enjoyed her Paris impersonation and ends with the signature, that's hot. Uh, how, how did you feel about that Paris cameo? I thought it was wonderful. Um, the, uh, what's funny was that they touched on basically like everything that Got Mick has done. And it was like, and it felt so awesome to not have. Um, her her transness be brought up as like one of like the conversations right like it was just about how wonderful they were as a contestant yeah um, I, I i did find it funny that they they had paris give the video 
like it was something special when Gottmik can literally text Paris. And- <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, I mean, we did learn that Gottmik said that Paris was her first celebrity client and the reference image was a full drag queen, but couldn't tell her, which that is kind of funny. And I would love to know what that shoot was. I want to know um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you think Paris Hilton will make a uh, guest judge appearance in the near future? Absolutely. Especially- I think so too. Yeah. Her and Y'all- Nick. Oh my God! We already had we already had her. Who? We already had Nikki. Long time ago, early early season. Nikki Minaj and Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. Did oh, I yeah. say Nikki? You Nicole said Nikki. Richie. No, your best friend <laughs> yeah, is Nicole Richie. Nikki. Obviously, yeah. your besties. How close are you, bitch? <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to Nikki. Nicole Richie. <laughs> yeah. Do y'all remember? Um, in like I think it was the early 2010s when Paris Hilton was in the back of that taxi. And she was like, gay guys are so disgusting. All they do is have sex and they get like HIV and blah, 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 blah. And she, there's like, if you YouTube it, it's a rant about how she thinks like gay guys are so I broke. think I remember it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just want to know if she's apologized for that. That's all I want to know. If you're sorry, then I get it. But <laughs> that's what I was thinking. No shade, but like. Well, now that we're on prep, it's a lot harder. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Paris, we're all on prep now. So shut up. <laughs> Well, yeah. roasting runs in Gottmik's family as her dad loves watching her reading and roast challenge. And then guess what? Cue the video. We get the rents. Um, they were really cute, very nervous, even though they just went through her resume on the show. Um, <laughs> the love is there. Seeing that is, I think, really important to the audience. And Rue wishes everyone had that kind of support. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. definitely, it's definitely something that's needed. Yeah. And Gottmik says that the top four call each other and fall asleep and wake up with each other, but she's ready to send those bitches home. Um, and Rue and Gottmik says hearing Rue say gorge is her favorite thing in the world. And that was our chat with Gottmik. Yeah. What I felt like the Gottmik RuPaul exchange was a little sassy. Like, didn't Gottmik at one point was like, that was rude, but cool. Yeah. They were yeah. very sassy with each other, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. know what? People were saying things that, like, the Rosé and RuPaul interview was, like, you know, it was what it was, but I felt like the Got Mick-RuPaul interview was, like, sassy and snippy. They, they act like they're besties, but I feel like that's Got Mick's personality. Yeah, I feel like, um, Got, I feel like Got Mick and uh, RuPaul had this sort of, like, chemistry that just made natural conversation a lot more natural than when you yeah. get to like rosé where it's just kind of like a whole lot of nothing yeah well <laughs> first off we got a chat with candy muse candy producer muse does it all but rue asks could she understand everything she said she likes to pretend that she can but she's used to it um very funny very self-aware Rue asks, why is candy muse in the top four <laughs> i would like to turn it around and ask rue why is Candy Muse in the top four? <laughs> anyway, Candy's answer is no one does Candy Muse like Candy Muse. And that that's that's pretty true. I mean, Chola Spears does a pretty good Candy Muse, but yeah, no one does Candy Muse like Candy Muse. Mm-hmm. Rue points out that she had some ups and downs and asks where her fighting spirit comes from. She said it comes from growing up in the hood. And she points out that's why she said from the hood to Hollywood and lucky. I but- think my phone's shutting down. Give me one second. <laughs> All right. Well, if we don't remember, what was her entrance line? From the hood to Hollywood. Exactly. You said it twice. So just pointing that out there, Candy, you didn't make it just for the song. You said it twice. Uh 
We do get a Tamisha update. They have not spoken since the show. Candy is focused on herself and she doesn't give two shits about that anymore. Do you believe that's true? Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like the only one that really cares about it, this is Tamisha. Absolutely. Cause it's keeping her relevant. Well, that and the shoes. That's just keeping her relevant. Uh-huh. Did you order the shoes? No, uh, my friend did, and he finally got a refund. Um, but I, you know, it's funny. So I, when I launched my new merch line, everything uh, was actually coming, like, because I think I know what happened with it. She got them ordered from China. And oh boy. With everything coming with the pandemic, I'm sure there were some issues because you can actually select like a, a, a domestic sort of, or mm-hmm. I guess that's the word for it within this country. Um, uh, manufacturer for your merch and I think that's what happened but I just again I feel like Tamisha just didn't she thought this was a talent show first and a tv show second that didn't have, have cameras um and it's really kind of sad to see someone's talent sort of t-boned like that because she really had the makings to be a wonderful contestant and a wonderful, absolutely a wonderful drag race star um now I noticed that you said that Candy, who do you think Candy should have been replaced with if what, if you didn't think she should have been the top four? Well, I personally think that she should have went home when she went home, when she was, you know, eliminated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then we would have had a different trajectory of things, I think. Who do you think would have uh, replaced her? I think, well, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really It's really difficult because... It, it really comes down to how, if they would have continued to have a um, team safe for the makeover challenge. If that oh, was part okay. of it, yeah. then I think the trajectory would be probably very similar, mm-hmm. but I- Elliot with two T's, got it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think this spot should have, could have gone to Denali or Olivia. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Miss Congeniality. No, no, no. We're talking about oh. who should have taken Candy Muse's top four spot um, hey. in, 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 a, in a world where she could have been eliminated when she was saved. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. But again, we wouldn't have had so much action and drama without Candy Muse. So I think Denali, first. Denali would be the the vote for me, just because yeah. I feel like Denali had a a cute package and kind of knew who they were and their strengths. Yeah. So Candy says that her favorite part of the experience is the closest, being the closest top four and the memes and being the platform, getting the platform because she is delusional and self-centered, but at least she is self-aware. We learned that she spent the roast challenge prize winnings on a honeymoon for her mother. Cue the video. Um, Her mom just says she's proud and knows she was made for stardom. Slay, slay, slay. Candy does cry as she says that she came to the show that she can prove that she can be someone and be something. You may not get Candy Muse, but her two mothers have stuck by her side from the beginning. Candy survived four lip syncs, and she is the Terminator of drag, and she is going to give a show. Not the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, right, the Terminator. That, that, I was like, okay, that's what you want to be called. You branded yourself that. <laughs> so Rosé has now taken the record for lip syncing used to be three times was the was the record but she now has lip synced four times and has now sent nobody home that's correct Mm -hmm. Carmen Carrera held that record at three it's true 
Any wow. any any thoughts on the Candy and Rue chat? Or I was fine. I thought it was cute, but I think that okay. Here's the thing: is that Candy and Tamisha they had a lot of negativity and a lot of fighting, and you know, Candy had the drama. And I think that had the reunion gone the way reunions normally go, and maybe even the finale, I think we would have gotten a different kind of maybe an argumentative side of Candy. And I think that Candy's benefit was that the reunion and the finale were very produced and very sure. positive. And, um, but it's her interview itself was awesome. And it's great to have, you know, she has two moms who really support her, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a chat with Rose. The story at this hour is we are beginning that Rue hears that Rose is nursing an injury. She tells us that the injury is from her ankle. She sprained it a few months ago, but she is okay to compete. We will discuss this in depth when we get to the lip sync SmackDown, but just to play, put it in your heads, did this play a factor? I'm going to say yes, but we're going to hold off on that for now. All right, we're going to talk about Tina Burner and the face <laughs> meme. Uh, she was just thinking everybody say ugly because that was true. That face was a brick. Um why didn't she say anything? Her answer was they were teammates. And she jokes that Tina thought it was the beast runway and Rue laughs. Something we have not seen her do with Rosé all season. That she's never laughed at Rosé this season? No, not until this episode, really. She, oh, she... girl. Now, Rue loves her Scottish bro. Mm-hmm. Rue can only say one thing with a Scottish accent, and I knew exactly what she was going to say. She said, Lawrence Cheney. And then, and for, well, <laughs> so for those who are listening to my Drag Race UK podcast, you heard me say the bitch loves saying it, and that will be the reason why she crowns Lawrence Cheney as the winner of that season. Here is the proof she is going to say it every opportunity she fucking gets. So Rue then asks if Rosé can teach her something else with a Scottish brogue. And she says, Ellie Diamond. Ellie Diamond. I fell over. (laughs) This was brilliant. The reference to Ellie was so funny. It was pissy because Rue wouldn't say her name on the show. This was full circle. This was smart, fast wit. And that is what Rosé is. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. I I loved it. Loved it. Justice for Ellie Diamond. I think she got plenty of justice on the show. <laughs> Let's not go throwing no names out there. But... Justice for Ellie Diamond's name and an accent. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought this was really, really funny. My mom didn't watch UK, so she didn't understand it. But I was like, this is so this is the best part of the show so far. Um, Drag Race has brought families together, and the McCorkle clan is here with a message. Cue the video. Um, I thought it was precious. Um, Lou brings out Stunalina and just dances around as they toast to Rosé. I, too, would like that giant champagne flute. Absolutely. They I seem will, like it. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, I will take that to bottom, bottomless brunch all the time and just, like, die, probably. But, no, they're, they're fun. What, what did you think of the McCorkles? They seemed like a really cool family. Like the sister had the wine glass, the brother had the wig, the parents had the accent, they were playing it up. Like it's really cool to see people who have like supportive families who can totally turn it out and, you know, get stupid on national television just to cheer somebody on. So work, more power to you. Yeah, it was really awesome. 
Rear says that she was the only top four queen since the pork chop loading dock. Remember that all 16 weeks ago, four months ago? <laughs> um, she says it forced her to work twice as hard and it serves her a pork chop. Cue the cameo for pork chop. Yeah. Meanwhile, they can't they can't get the the girls on this season, but they fucking got pork chop. Exactly. I think pork chop is now LA based, so I that would check out. But if they flew pork chop out just for this, uh-uh, not gonna fly, not gonna work. <laughs> this was the most colloquial Rose has been with Rue, which is kind of rare for the season. Um, but again, it was very it felt very pageanty and very staged and very practiced. Mm-hmm. Practice is a good word. Yeah, honestly, her reunion, uh, 69 Questions, felt super... Super rehearsed. Yeah, super rehearsed. And even like, you know, like the emotional connection that you have to these queens, like that ethos, pathos, whatever the fuck it is, like it just felt all super rehearsed to me. And this was no different. I agree. Well, it's time to chat with Simone. And Rue says her favorite thing was of the season, fuck Trey. Oh, I have one thing to say about the Rosé interview. Okay, go for it. At the end, it felt like she got eliminated because RuPaul was like, you're going home a star, baby. And then Porkchop came out with Porkchop loading dock. And I was just like, it feels like she knows she's going home. And that's what we're going to talk about when we get to the SmackDown. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Simone. Simone's icons growing up included Little Kim, Whitney Houston, Rihanna. And we hear that Rihanna messaged Simone. Uh, said it was amazing and had to check for the official blue mark. Um, did you expect to see a video from Rihanna? Because I was totally ready for one. Fully. I think that, I, I mean, granted, pandemic was a little bit of a, a, of a hindrance on guest judges and on other, you know, cameos and other things. But, I, and also I feel like, all, actually, no, because where was Patrick Starr to, to talk to Candy Muse? I oh. feel like, oh, fuck off. But I feel like, <laughs> Because, like, all these repeating video messages from, like, people that we already saw and untouched, I was like, okay, great, good to see them again. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I agree. Realized, oh, we can't get a video message from Harriet Tubman and from Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> My question is that Simone clearly called her Rihanna. And then two seconds later, RuPaul is like, Rihanna sent you a message. It's like, <laughs> excuse me. I'll tell you why, because they didn't phonetically write it on the teleprompter. You know what? And I, oh. I'm not even kidding. That's probably Wait. what it was. Or it was, you know what? Tele- it was phonetically written out and that's how Rue said it. Oh, I, that's I was offended. Scary, but you no, know, it was, it was very bad. It was very uncomfortable. We're probably not going to get Rihanna as a guest judge until RuPaul can say Rihanna. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. So drag and activism come together for Simone because she always wanted to say something and show her appreciation for her black culture. We learn again that the House of Avalon all originated from Arkansas. And we learn that some white man came up with uh, the name Bald Knob, which is a town in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that Google search went very high on Friday when people were like, Bald Knob, what? <laughs> And a lot of other stuff came up with it. Right? I've, oh, yeah. I've been Googling bald knob for years, and I love what I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rue asked Simone what advice she has for the kids from small towns, and Simone says that don't get swallowed up by who, by what's around you. Hold on to your dreams and aspirations, and that will get you to the other side. Simone hasn't been back to Conway since she left. She misses her mom, but cue the video. Uh, it's her mom and her grandma. They are very precious. They are so proud. They have... Um, that she's on RuPaul 
Yes, they said she's on RuPaul. <laughs> Very funny. And then what, like hearing RuPaul comments on that, I thought was really precious. But Simone's strategy for the lip sync is she won them all. She's going to show up in a different part of her and have a good ass time. Did she win them all? That's what the the wiki says. Well, those things can be edited by anyone, so who knows? That's true. Did she win her first? Yeah, she did win her of first. Of course, she did. Right. In the Iman layup lip sync, where they were like, "Here's a song that nobody else would know," an old <laughs> Janet Jackson song. Yep. Yes. Honestly, no shade to Simone or her family, but her grandma was giving me homophobic vibes when she was like, "Hi, Reggie." Like, she was fully like. Like, di- di- like, feigning, like, on levels of RuPaul feigning empathy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I have an unsupportive mom who's like, she's not about the gay shit. She's not about the drag shit. So she calls any boy that I like, she calls that boy, even if she knows their name. And with the drag, we they don't even talk. Like, she says, like, oh, did you go and sing somewhere? And I'm like, uh, no, girl. So, so Reggie's grandma being like. Keep doing whatever you're doing because we like you as a person. I was like, excuse me, lady. Who the yeah. fuck is Reggie? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, Reggie got $100,000, so she better like Reggie as Simone. Hello. She better like Simone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the 40th anniversary of the first reported case of AIDS. The song Friends by Bettman Midler took on a whole new meaning. And in honor, the top four will perform a lip sync performance of the song. I thought this was very sweet. Um, but of course it made me sad and depressed because my situation. I have opinions Can from we, a panel. Let, who wants to say something first? Do you want to um, talk about your situation? Or yeah, no? yeah. Make me feel a little bit like make my heart grow three times the size and talk about it. No, I was just, I mean, everyone who know I I was ghosted by my best friend. Um is this the person I think it is? Probably. Okay. Ugh. Yeah, it sucks. But um, let, let, what, what, do we, what do we think of um, this performance? Because it was campy and, cold and, and corny and really pathetic at moments. I think <laughs> this was the tackiest McTack-Tack thing I've seen on Drag Race in a minute. And I was going, why did they not just have Bette Midler perform this song? Because Bette Midler probably is too expensive for the show. On, so, okay, like, do do a touching tribute, a montage, do something. It, it could have been part of the tribute that they had. Do do a happy uh, doing a happy go lucky step touch. Uh, I just I mean, okay, that's fair. Granted, granted, I'm only 26. I might not know the cultural significance of this song in application to the AIDS epidemic, but I just I I was cringing watching this i mean this was rose in her element this was what she does this was she was she she already referenced bet miller early in the season so like this was her being able to be free and be rose and be a theater person Mm -hmm. well i had never heard that song before so when i mentioned it i went and watched the performance of bet midler and it made me cry it was beautiful Mm -hmm. um she's crying in the performance and it just made it so much better um and it started off cute with the girls but at the end of the performance where they're all on stage and drag they were some of them were giving me like fierceness and like I think Candy Muse did her like iconic like back of the hand slapping her other hand and like I was like okay so this is about friends and AIDS and people who have gone away and you're like 
you're turning it in the middle of the stage towards the end. So it, it just lacked a little bit of AMDA experience for me in terms of like <laughs> moment by moment beats. But, you know, it, it was corny, campy, cute. Especially drag. when we've lost so many people from the pandemic. It's just kind of like, yeah. really? This is the route you went? Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying is like, this was, this could have been a full spotlight for each of them moment you know, standing there looking gorgeous, you know, giving emotion about people we haven't seen, people we've lost. And that is what the song is about. Yeah. So I was like, no, I, I, I think they were trying to go the more lighthearted approach for it. Yeah. Because uh, it definitely was. And it was, it was, it, it was sweet. Um, and they looked cool, all wearing black dresses and the red hair. And mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was fine. But then you got the shirtless dancers coming out with the canes. And I'm like, why? Just because you already <laughs> hired them for Rue? Yeah, they said, RuPaul probably saw them sitting down in the audience and asked the associate director, I hired these guys for the full day. Why are they not dancing? Yeah. Lord have mercy. <laughs> now, when we're, when we're going to talk about tributes, we do get a tribute following to Chi-Chi Devane, and we get to hear from Bob the Drag Queen, Kennedy Davenport, Thorgy Thor, Eureka, Kim Chi, Latrice Royale, Cynthia Lee Fontaine, and Heidi in Closet. This was very emotional, um, and they all brought their favorite stories and memories. Um, and Chi really does have a long-lasting uh, impression on Drag Race and the community. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about this? This is my favorite moment of the episode. This was, I did not see, they did this well because they gave just the right amount of energy into the production of it. It yeah. was exactly what I wanted, which were queens that knew her and loved her talking about her. And it wasn't just like a like a teleprompter eulogy from RuPaul or like a right. memory of Chi-Chi. Um, and it was also something that wasn't like advertised on the show. Like coming mm-hmm. up, we have a, a right. to this person. Um, it really, and like they, and they fully could have done a musical dance number to one of her lip sync songs. Sure. But I thought this was, like I, I got misty-eyed watching it. Mm-hmm. It it um it was hard to hear some of them. Obviously, watching Thorgy break down at the end, and you have Kim Chi, who's not even able to speak about it because you can see how emotional she is. Mm-hmm. She's been gone for a couple months now, and and it just doesn't get easier. And I think it was a really great way to celebrate her, um, and her memory is forever. So she'll still always be a part of Drag Race. Yeah, I think that the bigger Drag Race gets just seeing the seasons go by, you know, there are parts of the season that feels super like produced or, you know, um, this was not one of them. And every person who was talking, Bob, Kimchi, Thorgy, it was genuine and it was sincere. And um, and you could see the emotions in their faces. And I feel like I kind of felt the same way about the the friends uh, music video tribute thing you know it was it was kind of out of nowhere but it was super sweet but I would have loved to see somebody sing you know a minute of that song with Chi Chi's like picture playing behind them or something like that just to like mm. give it a, a little bit of a tie-in because the friends lip sync number for me wasn't wasn't it I will, I will say um I did have a little bit of a sharp cackle um, when Latrice was like, I'm not going to name any names. Pheromone. <laughs> yeah, that, that was funny. That, it, that was good. Um, yeah, so four queens stand before the wheel. Are there going to be reveals? Oh, you bet, because it's SmackDown for the crown round one. <laughs> so first off, 
All three of the songs for the SmackDown belong to the one and only Britney Spears. I don't want to get any heat right now, but were these the best Britney songs for a dynamic lip sync? No. 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 She has no. better songs in her songbook. These are songs that- What were they good. thinking? These are songs that would be good for like, uh, like in the middle of the season when like someone gets in the bottom two and they really need to save themselves. Like this is a song that you'd give them. Um, I will say I was going to audition next year for Drag Race with Till the World Ends and I'm really mad that I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so gonna have to find a new song or discography. But yeah, this was this was not some is, of the is there one song you wish was included? Womanizer. Womanizer, okay. yeah. I was I said Womanizer and Circus would have been perfect um replacements for gimme more until the world ends like gimme more is when i think about gimme more i think about like a car driving through the hood blasting music like it's such a like bass bumping like it doesn't move anywhere there's no dynamics to it yeah it's just like it's just really great to listen to but i as a britney fan who has loved britney for decades like i i don't like you know turn a fucking number to gimme more yeah the only person who can do it is kimmy more Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, but I, I think my choice would have been toxic. Ooh. I did, appreciate, I, like, I did appreciate that they weren't like, oh, here's like the three Britney songs we already have the rights to. Let's do those. Right. Three yeah. I thought she was going to do Stronger because RuPaul loves Stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> to explain the rules for the SmackDown is United States Senator and Ru's cousin, yes, you heard that correct, Corey Booker from my home state, New Jersey. <laughs> Corey is like, we all know the rules, so I'm going to use this moment to talk about John Lewis and talk about being yourself. And that was a fun, glorified cameo, and I live for it. I love Corey Booker. Where did they figure out that they were cousins? Like, when uh, did on, this the, on a PBS show. Rue was doing oh. um, something, and I guess the lineage, they found it was identical, and that's how they found out they're cousins of some sort. Yeah. Wow, kind of cool, cool, right? It is cool. I mean, and, I want to I want to do that too. There's like 23 and me and shit like yeah. that, right? And if Cory Booker marries Rosario Dawson, I guess Rue is Rosario Dawson's cousin-in-law Jeez or something. Louise. I don't know what that what it would be, but yeah. So, um, okay, let's talk about this. Rue spins the wheel, and as the lovely Jim Silvestri pointed out, what are the mechanics of this wheel? <laughs> Shadiness. Also, like like this is not a fair wheel until I see the back of that wheel. Right. And also, (laughs) if you watch the queens watching the finale, they all seemed a bit surprised at the whole wheel moment. There was some discussion, I believe, on Reddit that there were multiple lip syncs taped. What? I don't know if it's true, but watching what the queens watched and watching that funky ass wheel, I would not be surprised. (laughs) I do think, I think it's very interesting that after a couple of seasons of shenanigans, shall we say, at the semi-final lip syncs, um, this is the first lip sync where the wheel decided both of the first right. And how do you feel about that? I don't like that because I think there's, there's, the, there's the power of saying, okay, I'm picking this person and then the person gets to pick the song. This, because when, when, there, when there are people on the internet saying that the season all, is all rigged for Candy Muse and the producers love Candy Muse, this didn't help. Yeah. 
I think that it was very telling. It's, but I think that it was more so to prevent what happened with uh, Silky, where remember back on season eleven, where everyone was like, "Why didn't Silky pick Evie?" Right. Because like that's like I because on season nine they were like, okay, Peppermint and uh, Trinity, you guys, we have to pick each other, otherwise the producers are going to make it that way. Sasha and Shay lip sync at the top two. And Silky could have easily just picked either Akira or Brooke or uh, Akira or Evie and then just said, okay, like I actually have a shot at winning. But right. it, I think that I think the wheel is now. It's broken. It's broken. And I think that they, ch- I think that they did it to prevent, but then again, what major like head to head competition did we want to see out of this top four that would potentially be in jeopardy if it didn't happen? Well, I just I, think personally, that, I think my the top two I would have wanted to see is Got Mick for Simone for the crown. Yeah, that's who I wanted to see as top two. So when the wheel happened the way it happened, I was like, okay, whoever wins the second lip sync is winning the crown for Correct. me. Correct. Absolutely. Well, Candy then gets to choose the smooth pink box for the furry box, and she goes um, with the box that has work bitch in it. And now we officially have New York Showdown and LA Showdown. So let's discuss Candy versus Rosé. Um, Candy goes out, guns blazing. Rosé plays it a bit safe. Rosé takes off her jacket. It's not quite a reveal, but there's some cute pink look underneath it. Mm-hmm. Candy does that weird hand thing, which I cannot even going to try to do. Um, <laughs> but apparently that was magic and everyone loved that. And then Rosé rips off her pants and Candy removes her top to reveal a really new colorful bodysuit underneath. And we're off to the races. If you didn't see on social media, there was another step in between um, the first reveal and that final reveal, um, which was a bunch of like, uh, it's frilly bandana thing. Um, and I guess Candy last minute decided to cut that. Probably because of Simone. Yeah. Wait, um, there was a bandana thing? Yes, yeah, so she had another piece. The, the entire outfit, it's actually paisley print in different colors. And she had a skirt that was all um, like little like shred, not shreds, but like it was little squares that were the bandanas and it would fall out. And then the skirt ripped off to reveal the bottom part of the leotard. Oh, I see. I see. Candy was all energy and Rosé was all intimidation. We've known Rosé from back home and we've seen her on the show. We know she can do stunts aside from, you know, the Stephanie Child eight count. Mm Mm-hmm and doing spins. Why did we not see her do a stunt? Was it due to the, in, uh, the energy injury? Chola, would you like to go first? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, now, how do I say this without coming across mean? I don't think that she necessarily was telling the truth about fainting backstage or having a, a sprained air rolled ankle or whatever it was. I, I think we've seen, history has shown us on this show that she's a little bit of a poor sport as far as um, when she doesn't get her way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of looking at it from the perspective of, I don't know if this was a random set producer having this information and posting it online, quote unquote, 
that she fainted and rolled her ankle or whatever. It just seems a little convenient that she had this to fall back on when she would lose to Candy or she didn't like win the whole show. So let, let's discuss the fainting thing because that obviously has made rounds on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Didn't show it on the show. So we don't know if it's true or false if she did faint before the lip sync. But you I do know- one didn't show her fainting? I know that that's why I'm like, is it real or not? But I do remember a couple months ago, she was on crutches on Instagram. And someone told me from a recent show she did in New York that she had jeans and sneakers on underneath a gown. So like, she's not fully performing. So it's very possible that there is an injury there because Mm -hmm. again, I know that bitch. I crowned that bitch for lady Liberty when she wants to win. She's going full out. So we have that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly. Um, but so when that beat hit, when Candy did that kick and Rose just did a turn, I was like, that's not right. Something is wrong. Something is not right. Because we've we've seen her shablam in the lip syncs and during um, other challenges. It didn't happen here. And that's where I wonder what happened. Did she mm-hmm. her ankle or did she sprain her ankle? She had to have sprained her ankle. She said sprained in the interview with Rue. Because I've sprained my ankle before and it doesn't take months to heal. No, but I mean, I I had a severe sprain from uh, high school and it's not gotten better and I have very weak ankles. So like one little tweak and I'm fucked for a week. So So did she... Sorry, go go ahead. ahead. Did she sprain her ankle fainting or is this two different things? I think it's two different things. Some people are combining them, but I don't think they are the same. I think it's two different things. No, yeah, it's two different things. Um, and it the it just reads a little dog eat my homework. Yeah, I I can see what you're saying, but I feel like those girls, and I not I mean ruthless in the nicest way. Those girls are ruthless and they work really hard, Stephanie Child. So I I don't know if I see Rose kind of like opting out with saying you know i sprayed my ankle just in case just because of the amount of work that those bitches do but and again there was a reason why they kept that line in the show what why did they need to tell us that she sprained her ankle so we have an excuse why she didn't be candy Mm -hmm. it was it was something was very weird and they never showed her doing like a stunt she did the she did the stephanie's child eight count where she kicks her leg back at yeah. the end but you know candy like dropped on the ground did did a very britney she did a lot of britney vegas choreography uh well she did some but they say, never uh, <laughs> she did the she did the bridge part where she put her hand up and that, I, I but, got that too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know they never showed rose doing anything like that no. and I, was, I don't think she did and that sucked yeah. But Rue made a decision. Candy Muse wins. Do you agree with that lip sync? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Candy Muse looked like Britney in Vegas. She did a few of the choreography uh, from Britney. I think that she turned it up the whole time. And um, yeah, I think as a Britney fan, I was like, this bitch is encapsulating Britney and really serving it. Yeah. Um, like, again, it's hard for me to admit. Yeah. Candy won the lip sync because I didn't think Candy deserves to be in the top two. And unfortunately that's, this is how the wheel spun it. Um, But facts are facts. And that's how it is. The smooth pink box reveals Gimme More and is going to be Got Make versus Simone. Simone is in Laker colors in the jumpsuit. It's sick, but what's underneath? Oh my God. 
that look is made out of Timberland boots. Yes, I loved it. Mm-hmm. So cool. Misty Mountains is pissed, but it was a cool look. <laughs> I know the designer that made it, and I wanted to get a because cor- they do corsets and like uh-huh. sneakers, and I wanted to get I I wanted to get one for the longest time, and I've been saving up my money, and I was like, shit. And it was kind of a got Mick look. I mean, not obviously it wasn't got Mick's look, but you know, in terms of like that, that riding up one side of the leg and Mm. it was gorge. I love, I love how her first look was very much like a beekeeper mixed with Gerald from (laughs) Arnold mixed with a little (laughs) bit of power line from the goofy movie. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Power line. (laughs) Um, Eye to eye. (laughs) Got Mick had no shot. We have not seen her lip sync since episode one. Not a joke, just a fact. Mm-hmm. The reveal from Got Mick was just very weak. Um, I love the the rhinestone crashes system on it, but it was all about Simone, and Simone had a wig reveal. And overall, not the best lip sync either, but I don't think the song allowed for them to do much. Yeah, the song was very much like, well, what's funny is that you know how Simone was like, oh, the girls in LA love to like lip sync and like it's like their essence that they're doing. They're not like putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. This song is very Simone. Like it's very much like, like, ooh, cool, sexy, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, um, this is a song in when you're at Mickey's WeHo that you, you lip sync to and you walk around and collect your money to. Yeah, I was going to say the smartest thing that Simone did was during the chorus, she kind of just stormed. Yeah. And she did like a, a full circle around the stage and it was what the song I think essentially just is, is yeah. feeling yourself. Rue has made a decision and the winner is Simone. Do you agree? Yes, but it was, it was honestly, it was a messy number for multiple reasons for their reveals, for the song, for the energy. Um, but I do agree with it. Yeah. I think it'd just be marvelous if Jada came back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of comebacks, it's time to to say hello to our other queens. Category is not invited to the party. So in honor, honor, we will play drag from home or meh from home. All right, we're going to go in order. Let's start with Kamora Hall. She's got a look by Domingo Cholula. Um, I love that it's not a typical gown. Um, I think she is stoned for the gods and the gloves and the headpiece are sensational. Not sure the inspiration for this multicolored train she got going on, but it's going to look great on a pride float. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder how long did it take her to paint this face? She probably started right when the season when she <laughs> uh, got off the season. That's very possible. Mm. I would give so this how drag from home. This is awesome. How long do the girls have to paint their faces now this season? Supposedly around an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. From, like uh, to like get into full like full shaving, drag shaving full up. drag. Yeah. That is crazy that like they probably spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to go to that show. And then they have to paint their like face in an hour and get in full drag. It's like buy the most expensive thing you've ever bought and then like get into drag the fastest you've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's I'm how it works. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think this was drag from home. This was a, this was a good one for her. I toot it. Mm-hmm. Audience was 71% drag from home, 29% meh from home. All right, next up, Joey J. <laughs> no, no. Wait, no. time out, time out. Okay, look, whoops. look by Marco Marco. 
Yep, um, hair by Georgina Nadal, earrings by Kutcherko. Um, I still would like to have your hand in marriage, Joey, but this is not the ticket. The nude is not matching your arms, which is very much showcased here. There is yellow in your heel, but it contrasts so much with the hair. I really would love to know the story behind this because it probably costs enough, but there's just no rhyme or reason. Um, it's just not working. This was a runway piece from a Marco Marco show that I saw. Where uh-huh. like everything was like color streaks and like, and it was like almost like Sharpie marker-esque, but like, it was cute. I think Dominique um, from Pose actually walked in it. If I'm oh, not interesting. Mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, but either way, like, this was from from the wig and that bang. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Maybe there's a reason why you don't wear wigs. T. Jill, any thoughts? No. That's my thought. That's my thought. No. Oh, it got worse. <laughs> yeah. Meh me, me from home for me. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Audience was 15% drag from home, 85% meh from home. Next up, Tamisha Mon. No designers listed, but she probably made it herself. Probably made it herself. Um, she probably had this in her closet and said, here you go. I said what I said. She sparkles. She shines. She's a pageant queen through and through. There's just nothing special about this. And this is a moment you can make a statement, but she didn't want to. She said, she should just come do a contract. Right? <laughs> what, is, what did you think of this? I thought it was, I thought it was cute. I thought it was very... Tamisha and I if she made it more power to her because it was gorgeous and girl if you're not in the finale at this point even Joey J like bitch I don't blame you if you want to wear pajamas to the finale because you ain't in the finale girl save the rest of your money girl yeah honestly I'm surprised no girl just had the pajamas <laughs> I agree I agree <laughs> um I think it's nothing special but it's still better than some of the other looks so I will give it a drag from home absolutely it's better than Joey J's yeah Adriana, where are you going with it? Drag from home. All right. Audience, 69% drag from home, 31% meth from home. Nice. Next up, La La Ree. Look by Envy Van Michaels. <laughs> she looks like an African goddess in this look. There is no flash of glitz. The pattern and story behind the look are just all we need. I finally see a perspective out of Lala, and it's much appreciated. It just took until the fucking finale to get something good out of her. Um, but she looks comfortable, and that's really all that matters. Absolutely. This was very much of the same energy that the Black Panther acting challenge had. Yeah. And it was a very, it's always a great uh, concept and a great look to go towards. And I think that she had a wonderful night looking like this. I agree. I thought it was really cool, but I, I feel like the same with Rosé's black and white outfit. There was something that just felt like it wasn't fit for her. Felt like she was swimming in it just a little bit. Um, That's fair. So yeah, I wasn't feeling yeah, it. The shoulders. like there was. It, uh, it, it might have been the, soldier, the shoulders plus her not having a wig on too. Like it was maybe that was there, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a drag from home. Probably the first one I'll give Lala all season. <laughs> I'm sticking to meh from home just so All she's right. consistent with her run 85% drag from home 15% meh from home next we have Elliot with two T's look by Nib Your Styles hair by It's a Wig Thing nails by Danica Vega jewels by Tiffany Bonet and again if this was her in her closet I would have believed it 
Um, it's a Vegas walk around look, and it that's is what a she is, Vegas right? walk look. Um, the hair is great, contrast to the leopard print. She sparkles and shines. The fur makes her look expensive, but it's just boring. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Literally, it reminds me of Vegas. It it was not, yeah, it was it was whatever. So I just want to point out when <laughs> I was reacting to the girls doing uh their, you know, like the when the, the, re- reacting to the episode to walk, find out who wins. And mm-hmm. they got to the segment. Everyone was cheering for everyone. They got to Elliot pin drop. It was so uncomfortable, silent, and it was just like if you haven't seen it on YouTube, go watch it because it's, it's, it's I need to good. watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Got Mick literally goes from opening her mouth to closing it, and then Simone starts. Simone laughs at the lack of anyone reacting, and that's what I have to say about this. I think yeah. that <laughs> she wore this for the promo, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is did she? Very possible. Remember when they did like the, the it was the the promo look and the reveal look. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe I think this was it. If not this with a trumpet skirt, I'm not probably sure. very similar to whatever she had. But I'm giving it a meh from home, not for me. Meh from home doesn't even warrant my attention. Next, <laughs> audience was 31% drag from home, 69% meh from home. Next, we have Denali look by Venus prototype, hair by Marcos Wigs, nails by Boy Nails. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. She's a cactus. She came dressed as a fucking cactus. <laughs> the arms are brilliant. The bodysuit and the boots are brilliant. It all works well together. The red hair is a great contrast. And Denali wants to remind the judges that they weren't as high as they should have been on her all season long. And this was a knockout. You know, when I saw this, is it bad that I immediately thought of Nina West at the Monster Ball doing the suddenly Seymour? <laughs> no, no, I could see it. It's a plant. I fully can get out of my head. Definitely Even a plant. Though, yeah, it's a plant. Not necessarily, <laughs> plant, but but I, but I was thinking it. Yeah. You know, I think Denali was one of those girls who's just like, quote unquote, a victim to just drag competition. Like she was so great. She had so many awesome looks. She was a good competitor, but it's just part of the game. Somebody has to go. And I think that outfit, the cactus outfit, even the hair, the hair was red, which was a flower. I don't know what the flower on cactuses are called, but it was just so adorable. And it's just a reminder that Denali is amazing. I agree. This is definitely a drag from home. Yeah, work. Drag from home, five stars. Mm-hmm. Next, we have. Oh, I'm sorry. That was 93% drag from home, 7% meth from home. That those little percentages that I know that it's are crazy. the boot. I just want to know who they are so I can hunt them down. <laughs> well, next <laughs> up, we have Tina Burner. Look by David Dalrymple. Hair by Marcos Wiggs. Again, why go all out if you're not there? Um, there's red, but there's no orange and yellow company yet. And maybe that's perhaps we saw that her New York City sis Olivia took all the orange fabric. Um, but it's a dress her makeup is better her hair is great Um, it's the finale and we have to see Tina go big and it's a little surprised that with the parameters she's just going to go this way Um, why go all out I really thought that the best part of this was when that pelican or seagull or pigeon flew into the shot (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what happens when you film on a New York City rooftop Mm -hmm. that's Um, (laughs) I don't know. She looked good in it. It's just we've seen her do so much more this season. I still liked it, so I don't know. It was it was super cute, and I think that she looked sexy in it, which I'm not sure I saw during the the season. Right. Um, but I felt like I 
I feel like any drag queen could have got that dress at any point. That's fair. Any, like any New York queen could get a hold of that dress. And you again, know, just hit up David Dalrymple. You know what would have been really <laughs> cool if she did an entire flame ombre Jessica Rabbit. That'd be cool. Oh, That'd be fun. Yes. I don't know. I'm going to give this a drag from home because I do think it is better than certain other people's who did get a meh from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give it a drag from home just because it's one of her better looks, to be honest. The audience was 31% drag from home, 63% meh from home. Mm. Next up, Utica, gown by Utica. Utica is wow. the solar system. The entire garment is the same shining black fabric. The gown is ginormous. The attached gloves and headpiece are sickening. It's understated yet bold at the same time. This is the most fashionable Utica has delivered all season. I think this is brilliant. Eagle eye viewers will notice that this was the same outfit she was wearing in the reunion. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I like it. Then when I saw the bottom of it, I was like, oh. Yeah. I fully gay gasped. I thought this was stunning, spectacular, perfection. This yeah, was this, this is so cool. Moment. Absolutely so expensive too. Oh my god, yeah. That is the designer fees alone for work and labor. It just needs must be so yeah. Important. Her, she did it. She did it. Mm-hmm. She literally has to she has to pay her designers rent, basically. It's so awful. Yeah. <laughs> she looked like a winner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, drag from home. Drag from home. Drag from home. Audience, 97% drag from home, 3% drag uh, meth from home. Uh. Release the names. <laughs> and finally, Olivia Lux. Look and hair by Domino Couture. Um, she looks like a genie goddess. The orange mm-hmm. is a sensational color on her. Uh, her beat is breathtaking. The hair is laid perfectly. I think the gold accents were a very smart choice. Good job, Olivia. I couldn't see where the dress ended and what the sleeve. Like, I could see her and her torso. But for the rest, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just not on the screen long enough for me to make it out past like the drapes that were going on but she looked like a a beautiful torso genie to me it felt very much like a um like a best of olivia moments where we had like the orange hair we had the little thing that she had in the bag ball we had like the like i just i liked it i wasn't knocked over by it right Um, and I thought, and I thought that the 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 drapes were a little distracting because I, I ultimately I can barely remember what the dress was, right? Because I exactly. remember it just being orange. That's all. <laughs> but if you look at the photo, I think the drapes are the dress. And that's why I couldn't tell. It's what all was attached. Going then you know what it needed to be. It needed to be a full head to toe shot and you had to see that dress connecting to the drapes yeah Mm -hmm. you can see it on the photo because i'm looking on the wiki um it is on there and it is it it crosses over and goes up Hmm. cool um i'm giving it a drag from home i thought it was sensational i'll give it a drag from home now then knowing that i'm gonna give it a drag from home too audience 88 drag from home 11 uh 12 meh from home heidi in closet is her name. She returns to announce Miss Congeniality. Um, in the photos, I saw the rose, but when she was walking, I was like, I don't get what the hell this look is. Me neither. No, it is a, it is a pose look, not a walk-around look. Um, we see that Heidi waves to the audience, even though there is absolutely no audience there, but she's waited a year to be on that stage. Um, and we learned in her year as Miss Congeniality that being yourself and bringing a positive light to the world can help others. 
we get a little bit with Rue and uh, where she asked Heidi whether Ramser or LA has the best fried chicken, the best sweet tea, the best D. It was all Ramser until she reveals that now she's in LA. They got the best D. Ha ha ha. In the pandemic? Really? <laughs> so the winner of Miss Congeniality will win $10,000 courtesy of Olay Body. The winner was voted on by the Queens. The winner, Lala Ree. Why are you saying uh, that? You're acting as if Lala is not the only contestant on the show who had 100% good vibes the entire time. <laughs> who would have been better? Who, who, been was better? Your, who was your miscongeniality? Olivia. Really? Yes. With everyone calling her a diva? Really? She's a polite diva. I would have I would have given it to Lala immediately. Lala is the only one that like has like just a fun like energy about her. You want to know one reason why I don't want Lala Reed to have this title? Why? Because she, her- now she missed congeniality and she's a better shot to get on All Stars. And I do not want to see her on All Stars. <laughs> wow. well, yeah. Well, I mean, like hey, that sucks. You could always be Ivy Winters. But Ivy <sighs> is doing it by choice. Ivy has said no every fucking time. Yeah. She's yeah, happy thought- making her penises. And her and her hot air balloons. Oh, she's so hot as a boy. Oh my god, such a cutie. I, I feel like so hot as a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Olivia's her the niceness and the politeness is kind of what her hindrance was at the end of the season. So I feel like that miscongeniality was just like it would have. I think it would have been a little weird just because she she went off on that note. That's um, fair. I I, w- I hope they would reveal who voted for who because I'm really curious. But would you know, the top four did Lala, I believe, because they said it in that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, was she nice or did she just talk slow and like a baby? Oh my God. <laughs> so Olay has decided to give each of the other queens $2,000 for keeping the world entertained through these troubling times. Yay. What it's other like, sponsors should have been doing before. Yeah, it's just like Olay is like the government giving out $2,000. Lip sync for the crown time. Jada has returned from the drive-in and she looks divine. Um, mm-hmm. That headpiece in the train, the deep red. She looks like a fucking winner. I'm glad to see her on this big ass stage. She says that being the winner, she had a rough year, but she got to travel safely and she got to be in a Fenty show. Look at her. Mm. Her advice to the next winner is to take every day one step at a time and enjoy what you've done. People you love and if they do, people love you and if they don't, they have no taste. I like that. I'll, I'll put that on a t-shirt somewhere. So the song is Till the World Ends. We discussed how we feel about the song choices, but Simone looks like she is ready for the Matrix and Candy has glasses on and a look that has no reveal question mark. Um, Candy takes off the sunglasses immediately. Simone mm-hmm. is ready to show us what's under that jacket. That's just a bunch of gold fringe. And I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for something to happen. Candy's giving you the energy of the song in a way we haven't really seen her do before. Candy gets the Dominican flag from somewhere. I'm not sure where that was because I think I missed it completely. I think it was her wig. Was it? I think. I didn't see where it came from either. Yeah, I can miss it. But like, I imagine that's the only place she could have hit it. Because I'm I'm guessing Candy didn't expect to make the top two. Probably not. Yeah. Um, you but you want to talk about things coming out of wigs? Um, Simone shoots her shit. 
and and streamers just pop out of that thing. Yeah, it happened. It wasn't the most glamorous, glorious thing. I wanted more. I wanted like actual streamers to fly over all over the place, but it really needed like a and just have like the confetti. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was the lip sync. Those are the highlights. Yeah. I it was also, the weirdest. Yeah. I think that this is like the, the season can be summed up with Simone pulling on a rip cord and having four <laughs> little party streamers come out of her, her giant tower of hair. Made yeah. by <laughs> I think they were supposed to spin. I think. I think they, I feel like they ha- were supposed to as well. Uh, something, something else needed to happen. Cause I was like, that's a dud. And also I feel like the dress, like the fringe alone was ugly. It was, it was not a cute look, reveal. I almost would prefer the little two-piece cocktail dress. Hello? What's up? Um, yeah. But was this the best lip sync for the crown in a regular season? Absolutely not. Hell no. is, the for, is the format broken? I think so. You know what I really would love? An exhibition match at the end of the season between the winner of the previous season and this winner to defend their title. That's cute. Where it's like- or, or I have a better idea all winter season <laughs> where it's just like simone i have one more surprise for you and let's reveal yourself and then it's thunder and lightning and it's just like data coming out <laughs> yeah that, that'd be fun that'd be cute yeah where you, you already gave all your reveals so you can't lip sync exactly um so who is going to get a crown and a scepter from fierce drag jewels a year's supply of anastasia beverly hills and a cash prize of a hundred thousand dollars which is the same cash prize you're going to get on dragula <laughs> Rue has made her decision, and the winner of season 13 is Simone. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I honestly thought from the Gottmik and Simone lip sync, once Simone won that, I was like, clearly Simone I is going to be the winner. Yeah. It, it, it's I had predicted Simone preseason. I had predicted Simone all throughout the season. There was one week um where I was like, ooh, Gottmik is getting a little closer to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this story just showed us Simone all season long. That's who the show wanted us to love and fall in love with and enjoy their journey. Yeah, she had downs, she had her bumps, but she rose it from them she gave us some sensational looks she gave us important moments and i think simone is the right winner in this day and age yeah yeah i think that got mick got mick had beautiful looks editorial looks like avant-garde fashion looks but simone's looks really spoke to who simone was and what makes simone every single time and i think that just that connection with with the looks to who that person is, is what put Simone in front of Gottmik for me towards the end yeah. like throughout the season. I feel like, ironically enough, Gottmik had a stronger end of the season than Simone did. Fully, absolutely. And I feel like if Simone didn't have that strong of a season, the strongest season, or basically preseason up to like Snatch Game, we like, if she didn't have that, she probably wouldn't have won. But right. I like honestly, like I think that there really couldn't be any other winner. Like, like we all watched these promos and we all thought Simone or Gottmik is winning. Like, there's yep. like we 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 didn't care about the rest of the top four. I agree. And I, now, is that boring? I don't think it was boring this season because I think it was a question mark 
could Gottmik take it at the very end? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the more exciting ones in the sense of we got to see these two artists showcase themselves. But no, I, I don't think this was the most interesting season. And let's lead to my burning question. Um, with a winner crowned, what is the official legacy of this season? Yeah. Charlie, you have anything to say? Uh, uh, I'm probably going to uh, just spin off of whatever you say. <laughs> well, I think that the legacy of the season is literally just going to be the rest of the cast having no storylines except for the top four realistically mainly the top three and a, a couple of failed reveals like i don't i i really put this season kind of down there with like season 11 all-stars season one season three like it's 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 not good it's not good i yeah i, I mean I, I, for I, me go ahead sorry I, I can't wait for simone to show up looking great to hand off the crown next to someone else but I just I feel like we've had our weakest top four in a in a minute. That's fair. That's that that is completely valid. I mean, for me, the legacy also has to be the longest season ever. Um, mm-hmm. Longest season ever. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt like it didn't end, and that was only two episodes. Well, technically three episodes longer than a regular season would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it felt like it lagged on, and even getting more time with the queens, I felt like we still didn't get to know the queens. Yeah. So I hope for whatever they do for season 14, it they've learned from this one and they're able to rework it and still give us extra time with the Queens at the beginning, but really allow the season to flow the way it needs to. If that means a double elimination one week, I'm here for it. Honestly, I would have loved this twist at the beginning of the season to just have been the first episode is available as like a preseason WoW Presents Plus. But like you don't know who got saved so you're like sure. oh at, and if they showed like the losers first instead of that way you didn't know that elliot was not really right up. like it just i don't mm. know my other burning question who are the first three contestants from season 13 that you would like to see return for an all-star season uh, all-star yes. all-star <laughs> Um, I think it's in this order for me personally. It is Denali, Olivia, Utica. I would say Gottmik, Denali, and Olivia. Okay. I feel like, I don't know, there's something that happened with Utica for me watching her this season that I'm like, it, it could happen again. All of those flubs that she had mentally. Absolutely. I think, I think it's still there. I can't name three. <laughs> <laughs> I, How many can you boots. Two. Okay, give us two. Uh, Denali and Gottmik. Okay. See, it's or, really interesting. I, I don't know if Gottmik will get a phone call because I don't think Gottmik needs to come back. I don't think he's come back either. Yeah. Um, I think we will probably see Candy again because they love her. Yeah. Um, I could see them bringing Rose back simply because they gave her this, you're already good enough, but get better storyline. So maybe they'll mm-hmm. bring her back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when it gets down to the regular cast, like, sure, could we see uh, a random season where they just need people and Joey J shows up? Absolutely, because they Joey J had more screen time than most of the other queens this season with the cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, Lala Reese probably going to show up at some point because she got Miss Congeniality crown. Mm-hmm. Tamisha Amon would have been called number one if she didn't fuck herself over. So yeah. it's it's really confusing to know who's going to be coming back from the season. But I really do think of, of all of them, the safest bet, it will be Denali because she is the fan favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, where can we find you both on social media and Venmo? I have one more thing to say. Okay, go for it. About Okay, so I know that the whole show was about Britney and I love it. But we couldn't have said free Britney like one time. There are literally people protesting around the world today, walking on the streets in California, the UK, Australia. And we did not say free Britney one time. And it is, is a true. real thing. And the only way Britney Spears is going to be free is if that we literally change laws in this country. And it's happened before. We changed laws in 2008 because Britney and the paparazzi's relationship where paparazzi's can't get close to children anymore. They can't do certain things, you know, like taking pictures of kids. Um, and it's crazy that that is happening. And they didn't say free Britney one time. So Hats off to Evie Oddly for saying free Britney on her panties. But come on, y'all. Like, let, what are we doing here? Exactly. exactly. That's that's my TED Talk. That's your TED Talk. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> where, where can we find you for more TED Talks? You can find me for more TED Talks on Chola Spears, all the platforms, all everything, everything. Chola Spears. And you can find me at It's Trenta Bitch everywhere um, because yeah. what is Trenta Bitch? And I'm so happy that uh, that I also got with Trello because um, the I actually got a little intro video for my new website and it's the Gimme More uh, you know video and the beat and everything like that. And I got Juju B to do its Trenta bitch instead. Yes. Of, like if you go listen to it, like it doesn't sound like her, but it was awesome. Um, that's cool. A little plug. This cool. Go check out my website. That's AdrianaTrenta.com. Um, well, it was such a blast having you both here to chat about this fun finale. It was a blast to be a part of this. Honestly, thank you so much. I'm like, ugh, I'm so glad that the universe made it about Britney Spears and we got to talk about it. I've been waiting to talk about it. So thank you so much for having me. The biggest thanks to Adriana and Chola for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.